Hi, everybody. My name is Rob Maiolo, and welcome to the Hi Hakiki podcast, a podcast about industry, entrepreneurship, and life. And today I have an incredibly special guest uh, from just found out down the street, uh, our good buddy, Jess Card. Nice to meet you, Jess. How's it going? I'm doing amazing, my man. Thanks for having me. And a big shout out to you, Robert, for uh, I know how hard it is to put out content and, and how much work is involved. So just a big kudos for you, uh, to you, sorry, uh, for, for, for doing it consistently, man. And congratulations on the success. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. So that's kind of my first question is, uh, you know, it's, it's tough. It's always tough to put out consistent content, especially now during quarantine. Kind of what's your... Um, I guess, advice to anyone who's trying to pump out constant content, um, but is just struggling to find what to say and how to do it. Look, I think uh, you, you, you need to start off with knowing why you're doing it, right? And uh, uh, if, you're, if you need someone's attention, if you're, if you're in sales, I was just talking to a friend literally five minutes before you and I got on. Um, she's a, a naturopathic doctor. Um, and uh, then, there's, then there's somebody who's maybe in shoe sales or wants to be the mayor of a, of a city. You need someone's attention. The doctor needs someone's attention. She needs So Once you start off understanding that, okay, I need people's attention. Where, where is everyone? Well, I'm going to say, I think it's safe to say most people are on their cell phones majority of the time. I mean, even, even if you're driving now, you, you forget the passenger, what they're looking at. They're not looking at the garbage cans and, and uh, uh, the billboards. The drivers are looking at their phones. You know what I mean? And so, and so with that, knowing that and having all that information, we know that we need to be where people are. And so um, the second thing I would say is what are you naturally gifted at? What are you naturally comfortable with? Um, there's a huge push and I see it all the time that video's the only thing and video's the, the way to go. Don't waste your time with anything else. I'm just a, I just don't believe in that. In fact, I never started with video. I started with audio because once I realized I can talk in this mic, do it for free, have no cost really associated with it, some hardware and, and some equipment. But other than that, the distribution of it was free. I started off with audio because I wasn't comfortable with the video. Then I started to get very comfortable with the video. And now I got a full-time videographer or part-time videographer. I got people doing stories around me right now for Instagram. Like I, I actually enjoy it really, really well. I have a, I have a friend of mine who, who can't stand speaking into a mic, can't stand looking at a camera or being on camera, but he's a fantastic writer, fantastic writer. And so he's now starting to push out content through the written word. I mean, people think, well, video is the only way or audio is now the only way. The written word, if you go to medium.com, there's 150 million users a month. 150 million users a month. And so um, it, it's a matter of what are you going to be comfortable with? And then, and then to answer your question fully, Robert, in terms of what to talk about, just talk about you. Talk about what interests you. You know, I'm in real estate. I, I, I run a, a pretty successful organization here. Um, but I, I talk about entrepreneurship. I talk about real estate. I talk about the fact that I love root beer. I talk about how much I love the Dallas Cowboys. Like, I talk about what comes natural to me. And then understanding that whoever's going to do business with me, they'll do business with me. And whoever doesn't, it's not a waste of their time. It's not a waste of my time. They've already got a kind of a sense of who they're going to be dealing with. As you see, I, I generally wear uh, a t-shirt with my logo on it, like my company branding on it or sweaters. I'm not a suit and tie guy. 
not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just not comfortable in a suit and tie. And so I'm not going to put on that, that uh, facade uh, just, just to get business. When clients see me in a t-shirt, if you don't like the fact that I'm in a t-shirt or I'm born and raised in Rexdale and I might not be able to uh, uh, spell something correctly once in a while, like yeah. that's okay. Let's not do business. There's 6.6 million people in the greater Toronto area. There's enough to go around. Yeah. Absolutely. So then why don't we, so I should have started off with your introduction. So why don't you kind of tell the listeners uh, kind of what you do and uh, kind of uh, what kind of content you put out? Look, I, 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 uh, I love for, I love going for long walks on the beach and I'm playing. Um, I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I run a, an organization, uh, REC Canada under the umbrella of Royal LePage, um, Royal Roller Pages, one of Canada's largest real estate franchises. And so REC Canada is underneath the Royal LePage umbrella. Um, uh, out of 18,000 realtors right across the country, my team, I'm very so proud of my team. Uh, for 2019, we, we were the number one team in the country for Royal LePage out of 18,000. Now, that's not just me. In fact, uh, a uh, not a lot of it has to do with me. I really, I really put it all on the team. Though I have 33 realtors that help people buy, sell, and invest right across the greater Toronto area. So for your out of province and out of country listeners and viewers, that's like a 75 kilometer radius that my team covers. Um, again, we help people with their first condo, smart sizing, and then specific specifically myself um, and my business partner, we, we, we work with investors. And then I have a, ten, I have a team of 10 support staff, um, of directors of sales and marketing, director of real estate concierge services. And then I got my media squad, full-time videographer, part-time videographer, full-time copywriter, full-time graphic designer, and uh, just hired on a full-time full cartoonist to do some of my animations. I, I want to go into, like I have this nostalgic uh, uh uh i just have a lot of nostalgia around uh cartoons and so i'm going to start doing a lot more of my content in cartoons nice that's awesome you got a lot going on what yeah. would um what would be your advice so i'm in the kind of in the real estate space so i i bought a place um well you're, you're from around here so you know so i bought a place out in st Catharines, bought a place out um in oshawa and then i own this little condo here in scarborough that i'm hoping to one day rent out um, so what would be your advice to, I guess, like a starting real estate investor who maybe rents right now, maybe lives with someone else, but they're trying to buy their first investment property, either to maybe flip or to rent out, what would you be advice for them? So as from an investor's perspective, the first thing I want you to do is, um, like make sure that you have a good sense and good habit of saving money. Okay. Because you need a down payment. Um, you don't always need your own down payment. You can, you can do joint ventures with people. You can partner up with friends and family, partner up with other investors. It's just a matter of hooking up with them, knowing where to find them, like meetups. And obviously now during this pandemic, like everything's done, do, done digitally, but there's probably about 400 webinars that are happening as we speak right now on real estate investing and finding joint venture partners. But first and foremost, I need you to find out what you're, what you're going to be comfortable with when it comes to a budget. How do you do that? You sit down with an independent mortgage advisor. Me, I like to think I'm the most important person in the process. I like to think I'm the most important in general, but the truth of the matter is it's the mortgage advisor, Robert. Why? Because 
the mortgage independent mortgage broker, um, uh, uh, it's different than going walking into the blue bank or the red bank. Not that there's anything walking, wrong with walking into the bank. It's just that they won't tell you about each other's rates and terms. Of course, nor should they. They're in. They're in a prof. They're, they're not a nonprofit organization. What an independent mortgage broker does, he or she does all the homework for you, does all the research for you. It doesn't cost you anything. Their fee is paid by the lender, and there's. We think about the five, six major banks in our country in Canada here, but there's over 477 institutions that will lend money on real estate. There's actually more. I just used that number because it was a stat that came to me a couple of years ago. Uh, but there's when I speak to my mortgage broker friends, they're like, jazz, there's like six. There's a lot more than that. But anyways, um, there's a lot. Yeah. And so what the advisor does is they do all the work for you. They do all the shopping for you. For you, like I'm, I'm quasi in the mortgage business. Not really. Like I'm not an independent. I'm not a broker by any means in, 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 in the mortgage field, but I don't even know all those lenders, right? And so I would start there. And then, look, I mean, I've had um, for like in, during my podcast, during all the time that I've been doing this in real estate, which is 15 years now, I've sat down with thousands upon thousands of people, business, like entrepreneurs and real estate investors. And there's one common, common theme. They all, the ones that are successful, they just took action. Look, like yourself, right? Like if you think about Robert, the first time you did whatever, out of those properties, whatever the first ones, you were probably scared shitless. Yeah, okay. And But, right, right? And then a like hand shaking when you're signing. Now you got three. Yeah. You know, I counted three. And, 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 and so um, understand that everyone is scared. It's just that they, the people that were successful, they actually did it. And you just got to take action. And real estate's an interesting type of investment, right? Obviously, I'm biased. It's, it's the only thing that I invest in. Not that there's anything wrong with stocks and mutual funds and all that kind of stuff. But with real estate, I find, I find like why I like it so much and why I think my clients like it is because you can leverage. When you're purchasing a $500,000 condo, you're not investing $500,000 as an investor in our country, in Canada, it's a hundred, it's a 20% down payment. So a hundred thousand dollars, that other 400,000, someone else is going to give you the money and then someone else is going to pay it down, yeah. your tenant. And so it's like, it's, it, it's very, very basic and simple. I think, I think where people get stuck at is, Oh my God, the horror stories with tenants. And look, I've been doing this for 15 years. I've helped thousands of people invest. I can count on one hand one hand the horror stories do things come up yeah but you're making you know you're going to be making 25 30,000 a year with the appreciation of your home or condo plus how much the mortgage is being paid down so for 25 to 30,000 a year passively you're making it right um you might have to do a little bit of work you might have to you know, have a tenant leave and bring in a new tenant, maybe paint the condo. Like there, there's a little bit of work involved. I just don't know anything else that where you can leverage as much, you know, there's ways to leverage with stocks. Um, but, but here's the other thing, right? Your return on your investment is always based on the value of your home. So when you see, when you, when you purchase a $500,000 condo and it went up by 5%, that's $25,000 you made in year one based on, your $100,000 investment. And so the math with it is, is just incredible. It's one of 90% uh, of millionaires invest in real estate. There's a reason for it. I believe it. I believe it. And it's funny because you say there's, you know, you have maybe a handful of horror stories. You know, I used to work at, at TD Bank. I, I did wealth management for 10 years. I could, I would need to be an octopus to name how many horror stories I've heard in the stock market. So, you know, there's no, just, 
there's bad stuff in real estate too, but it's not perfect on the stock market either. Like there's bad stories yeah, on both sides. Yeah, look, I mean, with like, as long as you buy in the right location, in my opinion, the way, the, uh, how I determine that and, and for my clients and for myself personally is where are people working? Like, where do people want to, to live? So I first, I, I first asked the question, where do people want to live? And that's always based on where generally the jobs are. Okay. Um, and so, for example, in the greater Toronto area, we have 200,000 people coming into our city from outside of our country, as well as interprovincial. So 200,000 people year over year for the next 10 years. In 10 years, Robert, in our greater Toronto area, and you're right down the street, as you mentioned in the intro, mm-hmm. um, we're going to have 2 million people in 10 years. 2 million people in a city in a city that already has a tough time housing everyone, right? But why, why does everybody want to come here? Well, the majority of the jobs are here. In greater Toronto area, we don't really manufacture anything. It's all service-based, yeah. right? And so how do you, like, how, base, uh, economics 101. You want to make money in anything you do? Look where there's a lot of demand and not a lot of supply. And that's how you make money. And that's exactly what we're running. uh, The problem that we're having in the greater Toronto area in terms of like affordable housing or for an investor, it's, it's the best thing possible. You have a lot of people that need housing and you don't have enough housing period. Great problem. That's great. That's a great equation. If you're on the right side of it, what would, uh, what would you say has the recent, you know, the past two months of quarantine and the, um, the, the growing interest in remote culture, working from home. Do you worry that, you know, if you had a, a condo at, you know, King and Spadina for the Toronto people, um, that was a, a hotspot because there's a lot of jobs around there. Um, if a lot of people are switching to remote culture, does that, does that worry you at all for those investors? No, it doesn't. I'll tell you why um, is because I, I, that's where the lifestyle is. Like you said, specifically uh, King and Spadina. Um, yes, that's where all, like, there's a lot of jobs there. Okay. And, but if people are going to work from home, you, part of the equation is, is, is just in general, like lifestyle, right? Yeah. King and Spadina is the hot, one of the hottest areas in all of the greater Toronto area. It's, it's yeah. one of the best intersections yeah. in the country, a hundred percent. Right. Um, and, and, and what I see is, is actually it going the other way because people are going to be like, well, I can, I can work from home, but then I can walk outside and I'm right at King and Spadina. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's center true. ice. It's center ice in terms of if you're going to go to a hockey game, um, if you're going to go to a basketball game, it's center court. It's the highest price ticket for a reason. And it's the same thing with real estate location, 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 that adage rings true for, it's going to ring true forever. Um, if you look at Manhattan, um, which is kind of like Toronto's big brother in an essence, when it comes to real estate, um, you can see why values very rarely go down. Now there's going to be even in Manhattan, there's office space that's coming available because of this pandemic and because of what you mentioned, but I can tell you, people are not going to want to move out of Manhattan. That's where you want to live. Yeah. Yeah. It's the hotspot. Why would you ever want to leave there? Took forever exactly. To there. Um, exactly. <laughs> what would, uh, what would your advice be for, so, and this is me selfishly asking, but I think there's a lot of people in this position where sure. you've, you're in the real estate space, you've invested, maybe say, let's see, you have two to four or five properties. And now you're at a crossroads where you'll listen to podcasts. I'm a, I listen to bigger pockets podcasts a lot. I don't know if you do, but you know, there's yeah. guys on there who talk about owning 14 apartment buildings. And then there's people who talk about just, you know, owning four houses, paying them off, and then 
taking the, the monthly income as a retirement plan. Um, how, what would your advice be for someone who's kind of stuck in those crossroads between, all right, I have enough, let's run with this, or I want to go all in and, and buy the whole city? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I, I think the person who's asking them that self and yourself as well, Robert, is uh, if you want more, there's more available for you. And what I mean by that is, is I know guys and girls that have over a thousand doors. Yeah. I also know people that have one door and that changed their life. And so listen to the, listening to the podcast and reading the books and what, going to seminars and workshops where you, where you hear people who have over a thousand doors. That's great. That's awesome. If you want to dream that big and you want to go after it, it is very, very possible. Just like in anything else, just like in anything else, you can, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just need to reverse engineer what somebody has already done. You don't need to overthink this. There's tons of people that have over, have over a thousand doors, but you don't, as I mentioned, you don't need to do that. One door can change your life. Like if you just had the one condo, not the other places that you mentioned, Robert, you, you, well, in 20 years, 25 years max, it's going to be paid off. Let's just say you never refinanced it, pulled out equity, played with the market's money. These are a little bit more creative. It's not, it's not rocket science, but you're essentially going to refinance it, get a mortgage, um, and then go buy more. That's what a lot of my investors do. That's what all uh, investors that have a lot of doors do. Let's just say you didn't do any of that. You bought a condo for $500,000. In 20 years, it's going to be worth four times what it's worth. Okay. This is not me forecasting anything. This is me telling you the past hundred years of data. Yeah. Every 10 years, every decade values in the greater Toronto area, Robert, they double every 10 years. The last 10 years, we've seen it go three X. Okay. Yeah. Three times, but let's just work with the double. So every, in, in, in 20 years, just to make easy math, uh, uh, easy, it's going to be worth $2 million. Now I, I know that sounds like, dude, this is crazy. But if you look at 1970, my parents are late 1970s, early 1980s. My parents were buying a $100,000 house that's worth $800,000 now. Yeah. And they were negotiating over a thousand bucks. Like it was like, it was nuts. They were going back into the world. For days. Yeah. For, yeah. But, but, but you got to remember gas was at 42, 32 cents. Probably somebody can Google it and tell me the exact number, but now gas is sitting at, and the only reason gas is sitting today at the time of this recording at 87, 90, 90 cents is because of the pandemic. If we didn't go through the pandemic, gas would have still been at a buck, 20 buck, 30 in 20 years. It's going to be worth $3 and 20 cents. Yeah. Bread's not going to cost what it costs now because there's a thing called inflation. And so it's your condo though is going to be worth $2 million. And let's just say you never refinanced it and you continue to rent it out. You now have an asset, an asset worth $2 million and it's earning you X amount a month in from, from a rental perspective. You have no mortgage, all you're paying in, in a condos uh, uh, situation scenario, sorry, it's property tax and condo fees, but then everything else goes into your pocket. So that's just having the one door. That's why I say the one door can, just the one door can change your life. Okay. Now, if you want more, you just got to think of wait, because once you get past four to five doors, really five doors is kind of the number. Financing becomes a little bit tougher. Yeah. I want to make sure everybody heard that. I didn't say financing becomes impossible. I don't want you to think you can get, you get to five and you're done if you want more. Oh my God, what am I going to do? Because as I mentioned, there's guys and gals that have thousands. Okay. But then you need to get a little bit more creative. 
And it's just like anything else in life. People are going to say no. Lenders are going to say no to you. You just got to keep on knocking on doors. You got to keep on knocking on doors. I mean, getting to, to lenders. Um, then there's private money that's available. There'll be somebody who lend you a, you know, half a million dollars. I have 20, 30 people right now in two seconds, they'll lend you a half a million dollars and charge you an interest rate of 8%. Um, and, but if you're making 25%, like I don't have a formal education, but I can do simple math. If I'm making 20%, 25% on an income property, Robert, and I'm paying at 8%, it works out for me. Yeah. Yeah. The math works out. Absolutely. Well, I mean, like even this, this condo here for an, for an example, I, I bought this uh, let's say six years ago. And <clears throat> what I was able to do was refinance twice. And that's what bought me the other two properties. So one $30,000 down payment got me three properties. And is it like, and see, that's the magic about with real estate, right? Because you wanted more. So I'm talking to people that have one and now they want to get more. Like, I hope you re everyone who's listening caught what Robert said. He invested 30000 He put down $30,000 to live. Did you live in that place originally, Robert? And you're yeah. still living there? Like, okay, got it. And so then the value went up. He went to the bank and said, Mr. and Mrs. Banker, my property went up X in price. My mortgage is Y. The in-between is what's called equity. The lender says, great, you have X amount in equity. We'll lend you 80% of the value of your property minus what, what you owe on your mortgage. And then he bought more. Mm -hmm. Here's the magical thing. When, whenever he bought the other two properties that you bought, Robert, you're now playing with the market's money. Yeah. It's not your money anymore. And now your returns are infinite. Yeah. yeah. Get it? Like your returns are infinite because it's cool. not your money you're playing with anymore. And so that's where the magic for me, that's where, as I mentioned, I don't have a formal education. Everything's kind of through uh, uh, books, seminars, mentors, um, podcasts now, but audio books back in the days. And once I learned that, I was like, holy crap, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, all I have to do is take action. If I can take action and I'm not talking blindly, not talking blindly, I'm just going to jump in it. I supported and to, to come back to your original question, like, what do I advise? And it's why I said the mortgage advisor is the most important person. You need to build that real estate all-star team. It's like a, a big corporation. The CEO doesn't, he or she doesn't make all the decisions by themselves. Half the time it's, it's, it's them not even making the decision. But the one thing they have is a board of directors. And I want you to think of your real estate investments, uh, your real estate investing journey, sorry, as a business and surround yourself with a real estate all-star team, which includes the mortgage advisor, the real estate lawyer, a, a, a real estate investor savvy broker, not all, there's 55,000 real estate agents in the greater Toronto area. And we're not all just cut from the same cloth. Like mm -hmm. um, me personally, it's why I have a team of 33 realtors. Because if you ask me, Robert, can you come list my house and list my condo and sell it? I'm probably not the guy you want in there anymore. Like, because that was my gig eight years ago. You know, but for the last seven years, all my efforts, all my skills, the mastery of, uh, you know, passing that 10,000 hours, they say, there's a saying that if you do something for 10,000 hours, you mastered it. And, and so that's all been spent in investments and investing. And so if you wanted me to list your condo, I would introduce you to somebody on my team because that's their expertise. And so again, a part of your, your, your real estate all-star team, you want to have somebody who from a real estate agent perspective that deals with investments and they have investment properties themselves. I think that's just a no brainer. Make sure that they invest themselves because 
I mean, if there's a pet peeve that I have and I, I don't knock anyone's business model, I just, I'm very tunnel vision about my business and that's how I create a lot of stuff that I do. But if there's somebody telling you to invest in real estate, but they've never really put pen to paper themselves, like mm, you might want to question there. that. I've never been there. Yeah. It's a very different feeling when you're there as opposed to advising two different worlds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's easy for me to just give you advice, but if I've never, if I've never felt what it feels like that, that, that turning in the stomach, exactly what you said earlier, I've been there. I still am there. I still, okay. I got seven doors right now. Okay. And I've helped thousands of people do it. Okay. And I mean, and on top of the seven doors, I'm in joint ventures as well. Every single time I sign, there's a little bit of fear. But it's, but it's not as, you know, there was this much fear the first time I did it. And then now it just kind of keeps on shrinking. I don't think it ever goes away. I was speaking with, I'm not sure if you know, Grant Cardone, who's a big real estate investor. I just had a podcast with him um, last week and I was just asking him, I'm like, man, like, do you still get scared? He's like, dude, I was scared to do this interview. <laughs> yeah. I was like, get out of here. He's like, yeah, legit. And I have the recording up and uh, like the full recordings on up. He's like, yeah, I was scared. He goes, I'm always scared. He goes, but I just, just do it. And I just figure it out later. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I think, there's a sign in my office here. It says ready, fire, aim. Yeah. You know, a lot of people spend time in ready aiming and never actually pull the trigger, you know? And so my, my philosophy is, is if you just continuously fire, you'll figure out the target because you'll know, you'll know, are you too high up? You too low? You too, is it too much to the left? Is it too much to the right? But if you just sit there and never pull the trigger, you'll be sitting in process analysis your whole life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think like, you know, I think fear is a pretty normal human emotion. I think there might be something wrong with you if you have no fear at all ever in your entire life. I think it's, yeah, I you're agree. Not doing, I think scary enough. Uh, it's exactly, I was going to say, you're not doing anything. Uh, you beat me to it. Uh, I was going to say that you're not doing anything big enough. You're not challenging yourself, right? Yeah. Everything that you want, and I don't care if you're starting a business, you want to start content. Um, you don't know where to start. You don't know what to say. You don't know if you want to invest in real estate. You don't know if you want to buy your first, like you're scared to buy your first property. Just know that everything that's valuable that you want is slightly outside your comfort zone. Yeah. That's why it's scary because you're comfortable brushing your teeth. You're not scared anymore to brush your teeth. You're not scared to, 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 to put on your pants. You understood at a young age, you put it on one leg at a time. You know what I mean? Like I got a, I got a six-year-old and a four-year-old. My, my six-year-old caught on pretty quickly. My four-year-old was trying to put his pants on with two legs at a time. And I just let him do it. Like yeah. continue. He's not going to figure it out that way. He he'll figure it out by, by like, okay, this is not working. Why, what, what, what do I need to change? Right. And it's the same thing. Like if you're not outside that comfort zone, you're just not doing anything big enough in my opinion. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, okay. I'll edit this part out, but we're at half an hour. Do you want to keep going? Do you want to, I'm on your watch. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, I, I, got a, I got another 20 minutes, so I'm good. 20 minutes. Okay, let's run yeah, another. I hope I'm bringing value. Anyways. Oh my God, yeah. This is great. Usually it's just me sitting here talking to myself, so this is awesome. Um, it's a lot easier when you have somebody on. I know. Sorry. No. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so then let's, let's bring it back to, I guess, entrepreneurship and, and content creation. Um, so what would your advice be for someone who's early on in the content game? I know you went through this where you, you put your heart and soul and you go through all your fears, you make your video and then four people watch it. 
And now you have to somehow get the courage to do another one when you know well, maybe five people are going to watch the next one. So what do you, what's your advice to someone who's in that process? Yeah. So from I, like, I'll tell you like my personal story around that, where um, I probably had one person who listened to the podcast at first. I think it was like, in all honesty, it was my 16 year old niece. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and I didn't even think she was going to listen. I was hoping my <laughs> mom was going to listen originally, but it was my 16 year old niece. And um I remember saying to the co-host and really she was kind of the executive producer at that time. Um, anybody who's heard or seen my podcast, you'll know Laura Elto Stewart and, and kind of, I didn't have any team members from a media squad perspective at that time. And I remember saying to her, I was like, this is the best thing that could happen. And she was like, what do you mean by this? I was like, because this is part of our story. See, everyone starts with zero and then goes to one, then goes to four, then it goes to 18. My podcast now after two years is syndicated across North America to over 200,000 listeners, but that didn't happen at the start. It was nobody watching. It was nobody listening. I still till this day, um, like last night I had somebody DM me and saying, jazz, like if you pay me, uh, uh, uh like I, I think it was a robot, like mm -hmm. one of those bots, you pay $500. I get you 10,000 followers. I have actually real people who come to me in my office here in the studio and say, dude, I can like, if you give me a hundred bucks, I'll get you a couple of thousand followers. I was like, but I don't want that. Yeah. I like this process. Yeah. I love this slow and steady. Why? Because I remember who won the race. The, tor the, the, the tortoise won. The yeah. hare did not win. The tortoise won the race. Slow and steady. Excuse me. It's why I probably do well in my wealth creation in real estate. Like personally, because I don't get involved. And again, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I don't get involved in the buy now, uh, sorry, buy, 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 like buy, buy something at, at, uh, where I can put some lipstick on it and flip it. And, and I'm only looking for that return. I'm buying something that's boring. It's actually, the investments that I do are so boring. Robert, it's funny. You know what I mean? It's like watching paint dry. Um, it's really long-term wealth creation. And so I think about my, my content that way. I think about uh, 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 my business, just my client business, like my client service business. I think about it from that perspective, one client at a time. And so I started doing, for example, um, a nightly nightcap. I call it Nightcap with Jazz every Monday, like Monday to Friday, every weeknight, um, Monday to Friday at 9 p.m. And um, I had a client, I had someone on yesterday who requested to be bring in live. I bring in people live. I go on soliloquies. It's all a little bit of a mix and match of everything. Um, but I had a client on yesterday who, who closed on her first uh, property. Uh, with, with with my company. I didn't even know it was her that requested because, you know, Instagram has funny names and all that kind of stuff. I see her, I'm like, Cynthia. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know it was you. And, and she was telling the story of how she met us to how long it took in terms of for her to take action. And I was reminding her and I was reminding everybody who was watching, like, that's how I built this business. One one client at a time. And it's, it's not the get rich quick scheme. I'm not, I'm not looking for the quick buck. I'm not, I don't live a lavish lifestyle. Look at me. I wear a t-shirt as I mentioned every single day. You know what I mean? Um, I don't live a lavish lifestyle again, whatever each to their own. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, I know in 15 years, from now, 20 years from now, I know that um, just like look at Joe Rogan, right? He just got a hundred million dollar deal from Spotify. He's been doing that podcast for 11 years. 
I don't have the audacity to think that that's going to be offered to me in two years or three years. I'm just going to, I'm going to play it out. So if you got four views on your first video, everyone did. I don't care what content creator there is. Everyone got one view at the start. Just stay true to the product. Enjoy what you're doing. That's why I said make sure that you're, you, you, you naturally are comfortable in what you're doing. So if it's video, then do that. But if it's not video and, and then you push yourself to do video and then you get four views, you're going to remind your brain on, see, I told you, and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and talking to yourself saying, self, I told you you weren't that good. Yeah. You know, where if you just really enjoyed it, you'd be like, oh, that's awesome. Four people. So I like uh, my, my, it's just, I just look at it from a different set of glass. I'm like, wow, four people watched it. I didn't think anybody was going to watch it. That's awesome. Let's do another one. And then you realize eight people watch it and it just takes time. It takes whatever's if it's worth it, it's going to take time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's the same thing with, you know, to bring it back to real estate for a bit, like, you know, the, the, you know, with the quarantine sales have gone down. My buddies are like, Oh, Robert, like your investments, are they, are they going to be okay? I just messaged them back 30 year plan, 30 year plan. I'm not, I'm not selling next week. I'm selling 30 years it. from now. So exactly. And even then we're not going to, you and I, cause now, now we're connected and, and, and I, now I know you're an avid investor. So you got like, uh, you really got my, my, my spidey senses up, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. And, um, um, we're going to, we're going to do some stuff and I'm going to say to you, Robert, don't let an agent or don't let anyone push you to sell it. What do you need to sell it for? You need the money. Great. Let's pull it out. Let's pull out the equity and let's hold on to the asset, hold on to the asset. Look, I'm actually, um, in the process, just pre-COVID, um, selling one of my pre-construction condos as an assignment. I'm flipping it. I bought it for X. I'm flipping it for Y. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna get my deposit back and probably make about 60, 70 grand. And I've held it for two years. It's called an assignment. But the only reason I'm doing that, the only reason I'm doing that, is because there's one better investment than real estate, and that's the investment in yourself. Yeah. So I'm taking that money and growing my team. So I, I told, as I mentioned, I brought on a full-time cartoonist. Um, I want another one because I know I need to build out a team of animators. Once she's not going to be able to do it on her own at the, at the rate that I want the content to come out of the machine. So what do I have to do? I know I got to invest in myself. I know I'm playing this for the long, the long haul here that, that, Hey, let me pull out out of one of my investments. It broke my heart to do it, but I reminded myself, who's going to give me the best return? jazz is yeah. myself i'm gonna give myself the highest return after that i think it's real estate yeah that's pretty good that's a good number two um yeah <laughs> so i know i noticed on your on your instagram that uh and in your podcast as well you're able to to meet with gary v who i'm obviously a tremendous fan of um so what can you say about kind of that process and and how you made that happen that's the man right there man um, yeah. that's the man right there uh did get to meet him got him wow. to uh signed one of his books for us. Um, I spent about, uh, uh, about 45 minutes with him and then about three hours with his team. Nice. Um, we went around all of, uh, his office, just an amazing, amazing office in terms of the people. So welcoming. Um, he was, uh, definitely, and is definitely a mentor of mine from afar. Mm -hmm. Um, and the bet that like, he, he said to me, um, off air, but there's like video footage of it kind of thing. So nobody thinks I'm just making shit up. Um, he said to me, just keep on doing what I'm like, just don't listen to me anymore. I need you to just 
just do what I'm doing. Just that's all. Just continue what the path that you're on, but know that I'm going to make pivots and I'm going to make changes in my content, the way that I produce it, the other platforms that I go on. He goes, if you just continue to imitate and then bring in the jazz because you have a unique talent as Robert does. And as everyone who's listening here, you bring in that unique talent, you could be very, very deadly. And I'm saying that to everyone here as well. Like don't overthink it. Just what, like, like I don't, I never, when I started the podcast, I didn't overthink much, man. Like it's called the REC experience. Why? Because it's called the Joe Rogan experience and it's called the Gary V experience. I'm not overthinking stuff here. I don't got a lot of right. time for that. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so I have, I have a lot, lot of um, patience. I have a lot of patience for the results because I just know how long it takes to build something of value. But, but I do expect speed in the execution daily. Right. And so my team understands that I understand it. Like I don't want it shouldn't take, it shouldn't take five days to come out with a video. It just makes no sense to me. And the only reason is, and I love my, my head videographer, um, but he's very like, and I get it. That's his skill set. It's like, Jazz, I need to make sure that your name is lined up right underneath you. I'm like, who the heck cares about my name about lined up underneath me? You know what I do care about is getting the piece of the content out and getting the feedback. I want the feedback from the people. Now, if I get 52 people who watched it, 37 of them said, Dude, the fact that your name wasn't lined up, uh, lined up under your video is a reason I'll never watch your video. Well, I know next time we're going to get the name lined up, but I know that's never going to be the case. The 52 people are going to say, you suck, Jazz. Stop doing this or continue to do it or can I get more of it? That's the feedback. Then we can produce more content. And so um, it was, it, it's really like I lived by it way before I even came across Gary Vee, which is imitate, assimilate, and then innovate. Mm -hmm. Imitate, assimilate, and then innovate. So I, I, I run a, as I mentioned, a team of 33 realtors with my business partner. And I think the biggest thing that we always hear from our agents is, well, you know, I don't want my business card to look like this. Can I have my picture on this side? It's like, but why? Like we've already tested this thing. Just have no picture on it, really. <laughs> you know. Um, so I wrote a book called Real Estate Intelligence. This is not a, a plug for anything. It's not a shameless plug. Okay, really. But on the back of it, you see that there's no pictures on it. There's nothing. It's very, very simple. It feels and looks like any other book. Here's Malcolm Gladwell, is one of the best authors of all time. Okay, very simple stuff, right? Like just simple. My agents, what do they want to do with it? They want to put their brand. They want to change the color of this book. They want to, they want to, they want their picture on it. They want the picture of their, with them and their dog on it. It's like, what, for yeah. what reason? Just yeah. here's the thing. And then you know what happens? Well, we're half 90% of my agents never even ordered the book. It's like, you don't have to like, it's for them. And, and I said, guys, all you got to do is please write your name on the back and say that, that, cause we collectively wrote this. We collectively, it's all of our thoughts. It's how to buy, how to sell, how to invest on your own. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you just give it out as a business card, please? Stop even with giving. I don't have a business card, okay? Because I don't really show properties. That's kind of my team's job. And so my business card is this. Or digitally, it's all the social platforms, right? Um, and, and, and so most people go right into innovation mode. No, it's imitate first, assimilate, then innovate. This book had seven different versions of it. Oh, here it is. It's actually funny. I didn't even know. So this was the first version. Seven years ago, okay. There's another. There's been another six after this. 
we changed it because I wanted to, because I changed the whole branding of it. We changed the name of it. But this was after seven years, we start, I started to innovate things. Not right away. I saw somebody in the States. They put a guide together. They put a book out. Okay. Um, I probably met him at a conference or something. I heard him from a conference. Um, like I said, audiobooks and seminars and mentors were a big part of my life. And I heard that they put a book together. I was like, holy crap, it actually makes sense because I get the same question all the time. Why don't I just write a book? There's credibility to it. Took his idea from that perspective, imitated it, changed it up to make it, to make it Canada, Canadian, sorry, and, and, then, and then make innovations to it. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, and see that a lot of people, they would maybe write their first book and be like, well, it has to be perfect the first time. Like, what other option is there? Well, there's many different options. You can put it out, test, learn, test, learn. Okay, let's change this and do exactly what you did. Seven different uh-huh. versions. I'm sure you're still not done. No, I mean, this version, it's so funny. Like every week, I'm like, damn, we never put that in the book, you know? So now I have a running uh, uh, sheet with one of my assistants that is like, okay, just keep on adding this. When I get time, I'll make, I'll make a full change to it and, and give it its 2021 version. In fact, I just said it out loud that there's going to be a talk. So now it's recorded. I'm going to do a 2021 <laughs> version of it. Right. The truth is I'm really focused on my personal book that I'm writing right now. Um, just on, on, on how to getting out of your own way. Um, and so uh, maybe you can tell me my working title right now is removing friction, how to get out of your own way. Mm, that's a good one. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and so um, I'm, I'm, 60% complete. I'm hoping that it comes out by the end of the year. Um, and here's a, here's a little hack for people. I suck at writing. I cannot write an email. Okay. So what did I do? I got a ghostwriter. I dictated to her. I dictate while I drive, give her everything. There's no secret. I'm not I'm not saying that I put pen to paper. No, it's all my thoughts. It's all my tactics. It's all my strategies. It's all my stories. You'll read it and you'll tell, you'll be able to tell, but it, I, I don't know how to put the ands and the thaws together. You know what I mean? Like that's not my skill set. So I said, look, I, I'm not going to let that stop me. It's something that's been a dream of mine to write like more of a, a personal development book because it helped me so much that I'm hoping to inspire somebody else. But I'm not going to let the fact that I can't actually physically write stop me. And so I'm going to have my ghostwriter do it. And, and, and am I going to leave money on the table? Yeah, but I'm okay to share. Like mm-hmm. I know that by writing the book, Yes, I'm going to pay my ghostwriter, okay, and, but I'm going to be able to get into other podcasts, like it's why I'm sitting here with Robert. I'm going to be able to get on stage. My, the brand of me is going to grow, but if I stopped at, oh my God, I'm not going to do this because I can't, or oh my God, I'm going to have to pay somebody to do it. I would never have the opportunity of getting, in, getting on stage and, and getting in front of people, right, because I stopped at what, what most would say, well, I'm just not going to pay anybody to do it, or I'm going to do it myself, which is, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just going to take a lot longer now. Yeah, absolutely. Your, the title of your book made me think about that Warren Buffett quote. He was doing a, a commencement address. He goes, some of you will be very successful and some of you won't, but it won't be because the world gets in your way. It's because you get in your own way. Wow. I never heard that. Well, thank you for that, Robert. Thank you so much for that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to look into that because I like to see it. Um, but that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. That's yeah, awesome. And, uh, that I've never heard that. So that may, that really, really excites me. Um, because, uh, you mentioned someone's name. That's probably the, you know, 
the best investor of our time and one of the smartest people that in business that anyone's come across. And so that tells me that we're on the right path. It's mm-hmm. funny because we were just thinking about this yesterday, myself and the ghostwriter. We're like, we need to throw up other titles just in case. Um, but, and I said, look, look, I've tested it with people. Like, you know what I mean? And most people like it, but now you just, you almost just put the stamp on it. Yeah. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan of Warren Buffett. Speaking of slow money, he made, I think, 70% of his money after the age of 60. So that's uh and, and, and he said, and he said, if he were to do it all over again, he would just buy single family homes and rent them out. Whoa. So like, period, like he just knows with real estate, you're able to leverage and other things are happening, i.e. market appreciation, people pay, tenants paying your rent down um, um, and cash flow. You can also actively actively push up the value of a home by like adding an income suite, like a basement apartment. And he just knows it's a lot easier. It's a lot more passive. And this is coming from the guy who, who everyone looks at when it comes to the world of stocks, right? Um, That's who you quote. That's who you look at. What is he up to? Yada, yada, yada. He's the trendsetter. You know what I mean? But when I heard that, I think I heard him say that if I were to do it all over again, I would do, um, I, I, I would buy single family homes, I think going back to like six, seven years, like right around that. And then that just reminded me again, okay, I'm on the right path. I'm on the right path. Right. And so I, I hope, you know, somebody who's watching and listening here, they get the drip, like they get it right. Like you make it up on along the way, but you got to get started. Like and so many things have happened in this talk right now between you and I, Robert, like the title, I was like, okay, good. He did react to it. He liked it, added the touch of Warren Buffett. Okay. We're on the right path back six, seven years ago. You hear Warren Buffett say what he said, you know, um, about just buying single family homes. I knew I'm on the right path. Um, don't need to overthink people overthink so much, so much. Right. And it's like, um, then opportunities go by them. Um, uh, and because opportunities everywhere, you just literally need to get in the way of, in the way of it. Yep, absolutely. So when we wrap up here, Jess, why don't you tell people kind of where they can find you and any kind of closing statements that you didn't get a chance to say in the podcast? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, uh, uh, in terms of uh, kind of closing statements, I hope everyone just takes a minute, um, sits back and, and realizes that you can do whatever you want to do once you know what you want to do. And so how do you do that? And it's not a play on words. It really is. You can do what you want to do, whatever you want to do, once you know what you want to do. You need to shut out the noise. And sometimes the noise comes from our friends. Sometimes the noise comes from our family. Sometimes the noise comes from the media, a lot of that. Um, um, and then sometimes the noise comes from inside here. And, and once you realize that you can, you can shut out the noise and, and the way to really do it is to put in more positive information via the people you hang out with, the people you give up your time to, and what you listen to, what you read, then you can start to drown out that negativity. See, if you just put garbage in, garbage will always come out. And so the way to get rid of that is to drown it out by putting positive information in. And there is so many resources for you to get started. Robert's podcast is is definitely a place to start. There's books, there's workshops, there's webinars. There's an infinite amount now of, of, of information. And then realize that knowledge, in my opinion, is not power. It's potential power. 
it, it's the use of that knowledge that's really powerful. So you need to do something with it. Get the information, get educated, and then take action. The easiest way to find me in all of my place of all the content that I do, I have a monthly newsletter that's called the Real Newsletter, R-E-E-L, Real Estate Entrepreneurship Leadership. It's a monthly newsletter with tips, um, guests, guests uh, uh, blog blog posts, guest podcast people um, is at jazztakar.ca. That's J-A-S-T-A-K. H-A-R.ca, jazztakar.ca. I would love for anyone here to sign up for the monthly newsletter. There's no cost for it. I don't sell anything. Um, I give you advice. And if you want to do business with me, great. Um, but it's a lot of entrepreneurial tips and strategies. Um, my discussions and everybody kind of gets to be a fly on the wall with all my discussions with people in leadership, as well as um, exclusive opportunities when it comes to real estate. Awesome. That's great, man. Well, Jazz, you're a, a smart guy. You're a successful guy, but more important than that, you're a good guy. Um, so I appreciate your time here and I appreciate all the things you do. Thank you so much for having me, Robert. And uh, thanks for the kind words, my man. Awesome, man. We'll talk soon, but appreciate your time. For Thank sure. you. For sure.